Thank you so much for that singing, for leading us in worship, for us to lift our voices like that together on a day like today is beautiful. Um, I look forward to the other songs that we're going to be singing later on tonight. And concluding our service, we will be lighting candles together. On your way in, I hope you were able to grab one of those. What that's going to end up looking like is we're going to end up lighting the candle and lighting all of the candles together. The lights will get low and we'll be able to see each other just through the light of the candle. And so it's a really exciting thing. Now, kids, you've been working away at your project. Um, and if you've finished, what I would have you do is come to the, come to the front here, uh, and Mrs. Heather Lowe will collect your artwork. She's going to put it into this lovely little Christmas box, and then she's going to organize it for me. Or you can hand it right to me. That works too. Thank you so much. Oh, I am so excited to tell this story. Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Here, why don't you go hand that to Mrs. Heather and then put it in the box over there. So while they're doing that, um, many of us have our favorite Christmas stories, our favorite Christmas movies. Now, I did a quick survey of my staff, and here's some of the answers that they gave for favorite Christmas movies. Now, Stephen Estabrooks, his, one of his favorites was Home Alone 2. So for those of you who have seen the Home Alone quad, I don't know how many there are, but there's a lot. Um, Home Alone 2. So that was one of his favorites. Um, maybe White Christmas is one of your favorites. I'm not sure. Um, and then Stephen Pridgen, his answer was A Wonderful Life. I remember watching It's a Wonderful Life when I was a child growing up. Um, beautiful. Mine, at least recently for the past decade, has been a movie by the name of Elf. Um, for me, it's the perfect mix of ridiculousness, innocence, fun, and loving. Um, Buddy the Elf, right, goes to the big city in search of his dad. He's just wanting family, and that's like his hope and his dream. And everything is magical and wonderful, and the candy that's on the floor, and all of that is okay for him. And he loves it. And at the very end of the movie, loving each other and having the Christmas spirit saves the day. Now, um, it could be that we love cheesy Christmas movies for all sorts of reasons. The, 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 the versions that I don't understand. Some of you might like these movies, but I don't understand them. Hallmark movies. We got a few woohoos. Okay, so after, after the service tonight, you feel free to convince me and explain to me why I would sit down and watch any Hallmark movie. <laughs> but we love them, and some of you love these movies. You know, the perfectly timed snow, 
the busy, the busy lawyer who's making a difference in the city and life is stressful for her and she finally decides to come home to the town she grew up in. And on the way, maybe she gets in an accident or maybe she bumps into something or it doesn't matter. It always ends up being the same because there's a rugged, lovely uh, gentleman who she used to know and he used to annoy her, and now he's this transformed man. And together they skate, or they go uh, tobogganing, or they make cookies together. And somehow through the magic of the day, they fall in love. And it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're cheesy Maybe it's because they're cheesy. Maybe it's because they're predictable. Maybe it's because they're warm and cozy and soft and we know what to expect. Maybe because it's a fairy tale, right, that we enjoy these kinds of stories. They transport us out of our complicated, chaotic, less-than-perfect lives. Just for a moment, we get to enjoy that kind of experience, right? But to be honest, I, I have a hard time relating to the average Christmas stories, right? These Hallmark Christmases of, you know, these, they, they're so completely unrelatable for us, but we love them for that reason. Maybe it's because they're so perfect, so predictable, but the, it's just, it isn't life. It's not close to our lives at all, and we love it. Um, what I find curious, though, is that we've taken these stories, we've taken these movies that we love. Thank you so much. This is going to be amazing. There you go. Um, it's coming up. Don't worry, kids. Your story is some coming soon. Um, but what I find curious about all of these movies is that we've lumped in this, these warm, cozy, cute, fairy tale portraits of life, and we've put them right alongside the birth of Jesus. And without even thinking about it, we've accidentally transformed Christmas into a fairy tale, into a completely unrelatable event, but for all the wrong reasons. You know, we all want this time of year to go smooth, to be perfect, to be happy, to be fun, to be filled with uncomplicated affection for the people that we love. And we love to tell stories that match that desire. And alongside all of those stories, we have the story of Jesus. Right, right, right beside the story of Jesus, we have Buddy the Elf, we have Zuzu's Petals, we have Harry getting hit in the face with a brick again and again and again, and he keeps standing. So I'm not saying these movies are wrong, that we're not supposed to enjoy that, that we're not, exp that, that we're not supposed to have these warm, wonderful feelings that we create by watching these and telling these stories. But what I am saying is that without us thinking about it for a moment, without us pausing, it's easy for us to let Jesus and this, the nativity story become unrelatable as well. 
that we just lump it all into the same fairy tale, fairy tale world. And you know, over the years, perhaps some of you um, have chosen to let the story, the story, the message, and the person of Jesus become unrelatable. Um, perhaps you felt one way at one time, but now it you just can't seem to relate to Jesus. It just doesn't fit. It's, he's, he's too divine, or, or he's too strict, or maybe he's, he's just too distant or too different, right? He's, maybe he's too male for some of you. Maybe he's too soft for some of us or too hard or just hard for us to wrap our heads around. And I think... Unfortunately, we as Christians and I as a pastor and we as a church, sometimes we don't make it easier for people to relate to Jesus because they try to see Jesus through us and through our pomp and ceremonies and all of that's okay. But it's easy, particularly during Christmas, for us to miss Jesus. All of the wrappings and the trappings can cause us to believe that Jesus is unrelatable and unapproachable. So let's talk a little bit about the Christmas story. Now, we've all heard the Christmas story over and over again many, many times. But today, I want us to enter into the story a little bit differently. For us to let God inspire our imagination to help us see past the trappings, see past what we're used to seeing, and allow the Holy Spirit, allow God to kind of jump through all of that and speak to our hearts about the message that's within that can transform us, heal us, restore us, and restore our lives, to give us a new lease on life. And who better to help us with our imaginations than kids? Seeing life through the eyes of kids should be a course requirement for every university degree. I don't know what that would look like, but it would be a good course for us to take. And so at the beginning of the service, I had these things, and so we've got them, we've got them gathered. So now you're going to have to work with me on this a little bit in the sense of activate your imagination. Allow us to enter into the story. So we're going to start with Kids, we're going to start with some animals, all right? So if you made an animal, your, your story is just about to be told. So in this story, right, we have all of the scene is set, and then we have animals. Animals like, like this guy, a or green sheep. This is a green sheep for sure. Oh, also, by the way, we're going to put these bits of artwork up onto the Christmas tree to start to tell a story together. So we've got the sheep. We've got a green sheep. Wow, there's a theme here. So we have green sheep, right? We have sheep. We have animals. We have every kind of animal. And what's important for us to even understand about animals in general is that all of creation groans with anticipation for the kingdom of God to be known and seen fully. That even at the birth of Jesus, that the animals that gathered, 
that in their own way, in their own limited understanding, they were participating in God's divine activity, that they were participants in what God is up to in this world. And the story itself is respecting that creation is a part of it all, that God's salvation is not just for men and women, but that God's story, God's healing and his redemption is for all of creation, all of creation, animals, this earth, this earth matters to our God. And it is brought into the Christmas story. And now, there were a lot of different things in the nativity story, right? So, we have hearts, so many hearts, so many loving, warm hearts that were in the nativity story. We have This is so good. We have the manger, question mark. Yes. Oh, we have some sky, and we have Chris. Perfect. So good. And we have a truck, and I believe a cactus. <laughs> so good. Now, of course, we know that some of these elements weren't in the original story. But the whole idea is that the inv- what God did at this time, at Christmas, is that he was making space for all things to participate. There was the Star of David. There, were the, there was the wood that was constructed. There were artifacts. There were all sorts of elements and components. There were the three, there's the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There were items All of these things were designed to draw us, if we think of it in a narrative sense, to draw our senses towards the story so that we would pay attention to what matters most, Christ being born into our world, Jesus entering in. All right, now we're going to get on to some of the main characters. We have Jesus and a shepherd, Fantastic. Oh, I should show these. Jesus and the shepherd. We have Mary. We've got a shepherd and another sheep. We have another Mary. There's never enough Marys. Um, We have another shepherd. I don't see a Joseph yet, but that's okay. Um, Baby Jesus, tree, gold, myrrh, frankincense. Wow, well done. Many things. Baby Jesus, Lovely. And some wise men. Very good. Oh, Joseph. There was. There was Joseph. There he is. Thank you for bringing Joseph in. All right, these are a lot. Now, when we think about Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, right, the plans that she would have had for her life growing up, and then In that moment, she meets an angel, an angel that reveals a truth to her that she she would never have dreamed for herself, that she would become pregnant, that she would become with child, with the actual Savior of the world. And her response, to be honest, surprises me still. 
that in that moment, she would see this as the utmost gift that she could participate in this story. Most of the people that I bump into in my day-to-day life, if there was an unplanned pregnancy, it would not translate into worship and thanks and praise and excitement that God has a plan for their lives. That's not the first instinct for the average person to respond to an unplanned pregnancy. But, but Mary, in her ability to see what God was up to, fell down on her knees, worshipped the Lord, and was thankful that she could be chosen to participate in this story. Yes, it created a bizarre and different life path for her, but she didn't resist it. She leaned into the miracle that God was doing in her life, and we know the story. We know what she was able to have and who she was able to become. And then we think about Joseph similarly, right? This was not his plan, and yet God revealed a new direction for him. And in that new direction, he was transformed as a man to be able to participate in raising a family and raising a son for, for we don't know how long, but raising him long enough that, that Jesus took up his trade, right? And that knowing full well that this wasn't his actual child, but that there was space in his heart to embrace Jesus. And then we have the shepherds, right? They were never recognized. They were never valued. They were never appreciated. They were the lowest of the low. They smelt really bad. They weren't really ever welcome into the towns. And yet here, God is choosing to invite them into the story. And they respond with praise and thanks, and they share it. And then we have many others that I won't go into all of them. (laughs) But we have unique characters in the story of Christmas that remind all of us that this story can be approached by anybody. Now, some of us might be tempted to say, you know what, I'm going to distance myself from the story. I, I don't need it. I don't need Jesus. I'm fine. I'm fine on my own. Well, we have the characters like the wise men as well. They had everything they needed. They had it all, right? And yet they still chose to see what God was up to and enter into the story to seek after Jesus. And even they, in their power, in their wealth, in their abilities, they recognized that God was at work in their life too. This story isn't just for the broken. It's not just for the addicted or the incarcerated or the desperate people who need hope. We all need hope. And the wise men are a perfect depiction of the full range of need that we have, that this world has for this story. Now, the final component, and I'll be, though it's a thick stack, (laughs) of what we've called special. So we have a wonky drawing. We have Blinky. Yep. And we have Violet and a bunny. Violet, you're in the story. All right, we have Isaac, and, oh no, those are just their names, but sure, Isaac, Emmett, and Nia, perfect. Oh, and me, perfect. That's yours? Really good. Um, that's just really great. 
so good. Uh, brains, oh, okay, we have a zombie. Sure. Willow, the wolf girl. Wow, that's, that's good art. Some color, fancy. Oh, and another side. Yes, Mary. Uh, not this one. Okay, yeah, she's, she drew a line through that one. We're not going to talk about that one. She, yeah, there's always a Hulk. Here we go. I think I got everything. Kids, thank you so much for participating in the story. We love that you get to be a part of it all. And even these wonky, special, random components, the, the miracle of what Christ has done in this world is he has made so much space that even if you think you're on the outside looking in, even if you've written yourself off believing there's no way I could connect to this story. There's no way I can relate. I'm too different. I, it, Jesus could never understand what I am going through. He, he does. By, his, by the miracle of who Jesus is, he gets you. He understands. He understands the, the frustrations, the challenges, the complexity of it all. And while we might be tempted to make the story cozy and sweet and warm, the truth of the matter is, is Jesus enters into a crazy, chaotic world with a message of hope starting in, the, in a baby, starting in a child that has nothing to offer except love in his eyes and cries and tears and needing to be burped and fed and the vulnerability that our God would go through to choose to be that child, that vulnerable that could be injured so easily has made such a space, such a grand opening for anybody and everybody to enter into the story and be transformed by the goodness of Jesus. Wherever you're at, whatever journey you've been on with the person of Jesus, I would ask that you not let the trappings and the wrappings and the, person, the complex personalities of the Christians that you know um, or the pastors that you know get in the way of seeing who Jesus is. Jesus is good and kind and he's always cared about you. He has never forgotten your journey. He has never ignored you. And perhaps you feel like he can't relate to you, but he can and he cares and he is available today and every day to partner with you, to be your guide, to provide a way through it all, to teach us how to endure life, to offer us grace so that we can have a, the joy to redefine the challenges of our lives. And then with his salvation, that we know ultimately that we get to transcend this broken world and experience eternal life. As we continue to sing and celebrate the Christmas Eve, may all of these images over there inspire our hearts and minds to know that it's never too late to enter into this story. Jesus desires for all of us to enter into his world and his story. He has made all the space possible. Let me pray and then we'll sing. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, you, you chose to come from your divine place of power and authority 
and you chose to come and join us in this world, Lord, what a humble act. What an act of care and grace to enter into our space so that everybody and anybody could relate and connect with God. God, you are not far. You are here. You are present. And Jesus, I ask that you help us to see you for who you really are, that we wouldn't be lost in all of the stories that get wrapped around you in this day, but that we could know that you, Jesus, are divine and caring, and yet fully man, fully human. Lord, you have made a way where there seems to be no way. And we praise you this night on Christmas Eve for transforming our world and making space for people like me to be part of your story, to find your redemption and your grace. Lord, thank you for knowing me and knowing my friends here in this room. May we sing. May we sing declaring that you are the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.